And welcome to the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust. It has been another great week in Anderson, and if it ever stops raining, maybe next week March will come in like a lamb, although now they're saying a cold lion is waiting in the wings. If it ever warms up, well, the lake is full, and the rivers are full, and more than full in spots, and our yards and sidewalks are collecting puddles, so maybe the sun will come out and we'll eventually see the sky again. I actually saw a story by a scientist who said that he had done research that found the faster you get out of the rain, the drier you will be. We need more hard-hitting, basic scientific research along these lines, I think, to make make sure that's true. But there is a lot going on in the news, uh, some interesting and some familiar to the point of almost being tiresome. In the least surprising story of the week, uh, the case of former Anderson County Administrator Joey Preston is headed to the South Carolina Supreme Court, like we all didn't know that was going to happen. If you look closely at the details, more than $350,000 of the money in his severance package was money put into the South Carolina Retirement Fund, so nobody's ever going to see that again. Um, there's almost no hope of that money being returned. Uh, the SUV, SUV got, covers another, I don't know, fifty to seventy grand, and the rest of his money that he got from the county severance package has been spent on legal fees in this case and in the other Preston legal case involving the silver investments that's still ongoing in the, with, uh, with uh, people getting uh, compensated. Some are and some aren't, and that one's still open too. Should the county get a favorable ruling from the state's top court, there's very little likelihood of recording, recovering any of the $1.1 million from that package and there's less than no chance of ever recouping the nearly $4 million in legal fees. So it's really time to let this one go. I've said that before. Maybe uh, we could declare an emergency and just build a wall around this case and be done with it. Then again, nobody asked me for a solution. In other news, kudos to the Anderson County Sheriff. Uh, Chad McBride showed a lot of wisdom uh, in, in a case that involved the shooting of an EMS worker here who was well known in the county. His asking SLED to come in and investigate at a very difficult time avoids any suggestion of bias in this case, and these situations are always difficult, so it's good to see some really strong leadership and that it'll be handled appropriately by an outside group. And in Anderson this weekend, wrestlers from across the region and some from around other areas will actually be at the Civic Center, hundreds. Um, for Upstate Wrestling Championships, one of the big events. Uh, hotels are filling up. Uh, it's Friday and Saturday. It's one of the state's biggest tournaments, and hundreds of wrestlers and their families will be in Anderson, so it's time to be extra patient in traffic and in restaurants and stores when you see visitors. Uh, make them feel welcome. Congratulations also are in order for Anderson resident Gloria Brown, who had a vision to bring a market and produce stand back to her South Anderson community. She wanted a place to buy, people could buy fresh food and perhaps a sort of a neighborhood hub like the one she remembers when she was a child when her grandmother moved to the area. So she has now received a, a grant to help with her vision, $12,500 as capital seed money for the Feeding Innovation Anderson and she was chosen by a panel of judges from the City of Anderson Economic Development Office, the South Carolina Community Loan Fund Lending Director, James Chatfield, and through Clemson Extension. So it was really good to see um, somebody that sees a need in their neighborhood and decides to do something about it, and we congratulate uh, Ms. Brown for, for doing that. A number of other things are going on in the county, and as February comes to an end and March begins, and as usual, Anderson County Administrator Rusty Burns took time to talk to me about it. Well, what we have coming up this weekend is the State High School Wrestling Tournament, which is the biggest uh, event in terms of hotel rooms being used in Anderson County for the whole year. And so that will start Friday, and it will last all day Saturday into the evening. 
and it will be over then, and that is a big deal, and uh, we'll bring mothers and fathers, grandmothers, uncles, aunts, and the wrestlers and their coaches, and they'll be coming in here. So this will be World Headquarters for Wrestling in South Carolina this weekend. We're excited about that. Following up pretty closely in March, first part of March, we're going to have the high school bass tournament, which brings in uh, families from all over the state to watch the uh, young people fish. So usually we have more boats for that, boats, than we do for any other tournament we have. And so that'll be an exciting weekend for that to take place. And that'll bring a lot of people into Anderson. Uh, we also have coming up, a little bit later, we're going to have the uh, Bassmasters coming back with their big event. And uh, in April, we're going to have the Landmark Conference here, State Landmark Conference, and we're going to be highlighting Honey Path and Pendleton and Anderson, and that'll be a three-day state conference. What's the Landmark Conference for The Landmark Conference is uh, primarily history, and they're going to have tours of the Honey Path area, talk about textile mill strike and things like that. They're going to go to Woodburn. They're going to have a series, three days of lectures on various subjects, and it's going to be Anderson-centric. And so that's going to be in early April, so we're kind of looking forward to that. We haven't hosted that, so we're excited about that. And uh, just a whole lot of events coming up at Green Pond, at the Civic Center. we got the Fishers of Men coming out there, too. we got the Fishers of Men coming out there. Uh, hopefully in about another month, the bathroom will be complete out at Green Pond. Uh, we are waiting any day to receive the plans for the amphitheater at Green Pond, which would be used for our fishing tournaments, but more to my liking, we could actually have concerts out on the lake in a nice amphitheater overlooking Lake Hartwell, so we're excited about that. I think I mentioned last time, we finally finished phase one of the uh, Parkway Park, so now people can actually walk down to it and park. Uh, we're in the, using it. I've seen quite a few cars. Yep, there. a lot of cars there. We're in the process of planning what we're going to put in the middle, which we talked about is going to include a bathroom. Let's see, we finished up with Ortec, which is in the old Westinghouse plant in Pendleton, and they're going to hire 18 people there, 18 additional people, so that's going to be really, really nice. We're talking about Pendleton, and I, this is sort of coming out of left field. Are we any closer to the old oil mill site doing anything? The oil mill site is still bogged down in machinations between who owns it and the EPA and the town. Right. So that's just almost moving in a glacial pace. Right. But Meanwhile, Pendleton's growing. Pendleton is growing, and, growing. And, and, and now what I am since Pendleton is, you know, Pendleton, we, you almost have Old Town now and New Town. Right. And, and that's what I'm going to start calling it because you do have the old town where the green is and then you have the new town since the boundaries have been expanded all the way out to almost the high school and that's where the new town is. And they've got the first house up there in the, in the housing development that's going up there. But the old Cheney Mill, which I have looked at for 40 years, finally it looks like we're going to be able to work with a developer to turn that into condominiums. And that is going to be awesome and beautiful. First-class developer. If you know where Cheney Mill is, and like it's just been sitting there, but we're going to turn that it's into... It's been so long people forgot what it is. Yeah. It's been closed for how long? For, it's been closed for 60 years, but it's finally going to be turned into an asset, so that's exciting. And there's, that kind of housing is needed up there since the growth up there. It's so. much needed, but there are other developments planned up in that area, too, a whole lot. I uh, don't doubt pretty soon it won't rival Powdersville. 
And so... And then you expand into the trail up there in Pendleton, too. And Clemson University's expanding the trail up there. They're doing a lot of work up at Fence Grove. They're going to put a new entrance, really spruce that up, so that's going to really be nice. And you know there's a group in Clemson working on their trail, trying to hook it to that, and hopefully to Pendleton. I'm anxiously awaiting when we can expand the East-West Parkway to the Civic Center and to 81. So as you know, that's already been funded. Right-of-ways are being obtained, and other things are being done. But that's going to be so really nice. So that's the only nice thing slowing that down is the right-of-ways. And, and, and working through the process. But that's going to become reality. So it'll go from the hospital walking track, basically. Bingo. All the way to the Civic Center. And you will be able to walk or bike the whole entire distance. And so that's a little that's bit That's worth more. buying a bicycle that's for. That's worth buying a bicycle. That's a little more... Long term. What do you I mean? Is there? You think by the end of next year, by the end of twenty? I'm, I'm thinking. Know. I'm thinking it might be two years away. Okay, but, but at not, least not five years away. No, not five years away. But at least that'll become reality. And that's an ANATS project. Not that's who's doing it. ANATS, Anderson Area Transportation Study Team. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, hopefully, if it will quit raining, we can begin doing some work on the bathroom situation out of the Civic Center and move out with our additions and ADA project at KidVenture, so we're hoping that's going to happen. I can tell you we're going to resurface all the baseball fields in the upcoming year because they need some attention. Well, KidVenture's already made some great strides. It's, it's made great strides, but... Not there yet. KidVenture 2.0, then, then we will have something to talk about. Do we know when Duke's going to build their... Thing Don't up? know, but all everything's been approved and done. Well, we have a, a, a whole lot of solar projects wanting to go all over the county, and we're really interested in that. And, the ones uh, that are up, are they doing pretty well so far? It seems long? like they're doing well, and uh, one of the things we like about them is if you've got a bunch of land, and this is the way they, the people that have that land, they can get some income off of it, helps them maintain and retain family farms, and put some more money in the economy. So it's clean, just, clean energy, and it's clean also clean energy. use of your land. Yep, too. and it's springing up all around, so there's no one part of the county where that's taking place. So you've got that going on, a whole lot of industrial activity, a whole lot of commercial activity, because as we've talked before, commercial activity follows industrial activity. And so we're seeing that we're working with grocery stores and we're working with other small businesses that want to come in the county. And when I say work, they want to know, you know, how many people do you have, how much they make, what are the traffic counts, where's this take place, where's the water, where's the sewer, how much does the sewer cost, how much does the water cost. So you've got a lot of that going on. We're also still working on some projects with the city. So And the rise in, you mentioned before, the rise in income here is going to try From to around $13 an hour 10 years ago to almost $20 an hour now, which is significant, which really means something. That puts more money in people's pockets. And that's exciting to people wanting to come here and put in. That's very exciting. Uh, we know that... On the Arthrex website, they're going to be putting up a link on their website. And if you're interested in a job at Arthrex, then you will be able to go to their website <coughs> and almost pre-apply. So that's new as of today, so we're excited about that. Where's Arthrex at right now? I mean, that building looks like it's getting... Well, they, well, they hope to be through by July 1, but the problem is, just like at TTI, rain, rain, rain. We're putting a new roof on the new courthouse, the new 26-year-old courthouse, and we've been trying to get that done for two months, but the people can't work because it's it's wet. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
the terminal project out at the airport, you know, that people say, well, you know, it hadn't rained in two days. Yeah, but you can't walk out there without sinking in quicksand because the, the it just never dries out. And that's that, so, I'll get back to the airport in a second, but the Arthrex thing, the first is 500 to 1,000 to start, and then another 1,000 jobs within five or six years. I fully expect it probably in seven to eight years to have 2,000 jobs there easily. I mean, they've got all, two buildings Their, their minimum there. jobs are way over $20 an hour. Uh, everybody up there will be well paid, and they will have a very nice future in an industry that's only going to grow as we get older and we play more sports and we do more things like that because, in essence, they sell replacement parts. And so we're well, excited about last that. Last night at council, he mentioned attracting smaller industries, but we seem to have brought in a lot of big ones during that time. Bucking the well, uh, John Lewis from Upstate Alliance was talking about the days of the large ones are gone. Well, they may be gone somewhere, but we're still managing to do pretty good right, attracting during that large period, ones. he's talking about we've got First Quality in and you got Arthrex is coming and you've got, you know. In the new TTI. New TTI, yeah. But, in, in, and we love smaller projects. We love a project that has 10 jobs. We love a project that has 50 jobs. It's best that we don't put everything in one area. If, if the they're good jobs, too. Yes, yeah, and we don't need, we don't need trash before jobs we get past anymore. I mentioned that, yeah, because people will say, well, y'all passed on this distribution center. Y'all don't even try for this. Talk about why Anderson County is not interested in those kind of things. Well, a good distribution center that pays well, we're interested in that. But, you know, some small thing that doesn't pay a whole lot of money, we don't need that anymore. Or even I mean, a big one that doesn't pay enough money. No, I mean, we used to be in a situation where, you know, my God, just bring something for us to do, just anything. But now we don't have to be that picky because, as I've said before, you know, there are 5,000 jobs coming online, and they're all good. And one of the things we look at is, how much are you going to pay per hour? And the other thing we look at, what's your benefit package? Because if you aren't paying anything and you don't have any benefits, well, you don't need a break from Anderson County because you're not helping Anderson County. You're bringing our wage rate down. And that fits back in what you were saying a while ago about the auxiliary businesses that grow up around those things. They don't, people don't have money and benefits. No, we, we don't need that, but we don't have to have that anymore. And so those jobs, that have those small amounts of people that are good-paying jobs, we want them all day long because we don't ever want all our eggs in one basket. If you go 100% automotive and the automotive industry goes south, then you're hurting. So we want replacement arms and legs. Uh, first quality, I'm sorry if the world comes to an end. Most people are still going to, last things they buy may be toilet paper. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that's that would be one of the necessities you need. So we're trying to do that. We're trying to spread it around the county. We've talked before about us working with Abbeville County on an industrial park down there. That's going well. Uh, just projects everywhere, trying to put that new handicapped accessible kayak launch down in Belton, working with the town of Belton down there. Got the first one in the state already. First one in the state. Uh, Councilman Davis has some exciting plans for the Saluda River that he's working on and talking to various and sundry people, so we're excited about that. And, uh, and it's real early to talk, not too early to talk, but in June we got the Saluda River Rally. We got the Saluda River Rally 10-year anniversary. We expect that to be spectacular, and you can see the things that have changed. And so we think that's going to be real good. Plus, Any other big industrial announcements coming soon? We've or? got we've got several things that are coming, but they're not they're not close to fruition now. And lots of little ones we're working with, and some nice expansions here. So what about the update on the courthouse square property, the courthouse square property. Well, we're still working with tenants, still doing some design, but. 
But the people who are doing the courthouse square project behind the old courthouse are the people who just opened up the Groucho's next door. And you and I know you can't get in there. Yeah, it's just been crowded since the day. That, and all day long, not just during mealtime. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like that's a fad. I would say that has staying power because if you can imagine that there, the church, they finished their demolition phase, and I think they're getting ready to go in their build phase. That's going to put a whole lot of people in the downtown area. And that's area. a lot faster than the demolition phase. Yes. So there are going to be a whole lot of people that are going to be there at least once or twice a week, if not somebody's not there every day. So you're going to really fill up on that side. <clears throat> and I know there's a lot of <clears throat> property in downtown Anderson that is changing hands. It probably hasn't changed hands in 100 years. People looking to put condominiums downtown, put new restaurants downtown. So I think downtown Anderson is doing well, but I think it's really fixing to take another leap. So that's so, why we want to be careful with that property because what we do is going to be pivotal to downtown. Well, it'll, it'll, it'll be there for 100 or 150 years or longer. It just depends. I mean, this building's, you know, well over 100 years old. Have they said when they might come back with some drawings or plans or anything? We're not not close to drawings until we have a better idea of who's going in there. But I mean, but you take the first federal project, you've got two corporations going in there. That's great. That's going to put a lot of people downtown. They're going to be eating downtown, moving around downtown. So just it's just good all over the county. I don't see it stopping. Uh, I think next week or two weeks I'm going to speak to a group called Anderson by Choice. And uh, I'm going to have a talk with them. I'm more interested in, in me asking them questions than me telling them stuff. Because the first thing I ever do if I find out you aren't from Anderson, I'm going to well, how'd you get here? What brought you here? Why are you here? And, you know, it's continuous quality of life, quality of life, quality of life. We just like it here. And we still have one of the lowest cost of livings in the United States of America. And uh, sometimes it didn't seem like it, but we do. And... Uh, whole lot of new people wandering around, and a whole lot of our longtime residents are doing good. So That census is going to show it here next year. That census is going to show it. I met with uh, Robbie Benneker, superintendent of School District 1, and they are literally running, running to keep up with the growth that's going in Powdersville. And so, I mean... What, what can the county do to help, with the, the, not the schools, but, I mean, I know y'all are scrambling to try to keep up with sewer and other well, things. Well, uh, we're also we're working with Rewa right now, which pro already serves West Pelzer, a portion of Anderson County. They're going to be in uh, Pelzer, and they already do the Piedmont area, and we're working with them. Council approved a memorandum of understanding last night to see if we can come with a contractual agreement to allow them to serve that area. That would really be a big help to us because they have a lot of money, they're eager to expand, and we have so many sewer needs. I mean, we had a meeting this morning on sewer, sewer on Well Pine Road, which we've got industry begging for it right now, building our new wastewater treatment plant to open up 14. I was in a meeting two weeks ago and I talked to the people in Oconee County and I said, look, you know, y'all are up there at exit 11, we're up there, and, you know, if we could do a joint deal together to get sewer up there, it would help Oconee, it would help Anderson, and there's some huge industrial sites up there. And that's not too far from Atlanta these days. So I put that out there. We might want to consider a joint sewer project there. But People glaze over when you talk about sewer, but it's important. You you can't Sewer's like your blood vessels, okay? If you don't have that, then you're not talking about development. You're just not. 
I mean, and I've told you this before, when I was little, I never thought that I would know as much about sewer as I do now. But I think, and I've told you this, that they ought to put sewer lines above ground because you spend millions of dollars and then you bury it. And unless it breaks, you don't care about it. But nobody's coming here unless you have it. That's true. And, and but and so you know, the county's working now on trying to figure out how countywide to make that. And that's what we're doing. That's why council passed that $27 million bond to allow us to expand the sewer system in Anderson County to allow the growth to occur all over the county, not just in certain areas. Uh, you know, some of the old middle sites we were talking about developing, are they, is there any movement on any of that? Uh, well, we're still trying to finish up the last uh, environmental stuff on the Equinox Mill so we can clean that site up. We're involved. That could expand downtown in a way that nobody's even on the Absolutely. radar. Absolutely, and I can tell you there are people looking at the old Anderson Mill right now. I don't know if anything's going to come to fruition, but these people are not from here, and they have a whole lot of money. So they're looking to do something over in that part of town. I don't know whether it'll come together, but we're being helpful to them if it does. But it's a good site in terms of downtown. Very good site. I mean, you can't get any closer to downtown. And so we're helping with that a little bit. We're trying to be of assistance in the Pendleton Mill situation. Uh, we're working in Belton, trying to assist them. Honeypath, we're trying to assist them, taking their own mills down. Take those properties and turn them into something productive. So. On the quality of life stuff, I know you've got a committee is already starting to meet about the parks and stuff. Yes. Um, when when do you think y'all have a master plan on what y'all want to do with all that? Stuff? Well, we know a bunch of things we want to do right now. Like one of the things we want to maintain the parks that we have, and we also have two parks that we've been in a partnership with with community groups. Well, those community groups are getting old and aging out, and so we're looking at the possibility of us taking those over, and uh, developing what we have finally doing something constructive with Dolly Cooper, but that may be a complete change of what the original purpose was and maybe go more along the lines of a nature park with trails and, and, and other things like that. But that's still that's still being talked about. Well, we have like 30, 36, I think that's the number. It's about 36 parks. Some of them are just a little spot. Right. I mean, you know, not many people know that we have Equinox Park down here. But the people who live around Equinox Park know that it's down there. So we're, we're talking today about improvements we can make down there. We're also that's trying... That's a huge park, too. Yes, it is. And we're also, one of the things we're trying to do is we're trying to... We've already assisted the Salvation Army in their great work with the homeless so we're trying to see if there's some other ways that we can be of assistance to them to provide a place for the homeless so that's one of the things that we're, we're actually trying to find money for and yeah we've got a real good partner down there with rob dolby captain rob yeah. dolby and heather captain, dolby, captain heather, heather dolby there's yeah good partners the, for the this. dolby's are on fire and they're, they're awesome and they're making a big difference in, in anderson and County. strategic too strategic and i hope that the Salvation Army forgets about them, and they never have to move. And uh, so we're doing that. So, but people forget we have parks on water they don't even know about. There are parks hidden around this county. There are parks sitting everywhere. Uh, council just recently gave some money, Saddlers Creek, to help them develop a trail out there to a private group that's working out there. So, I mean, we're here, we're there, we're everywhere. But Anderson County is a very, very, very large county. Yeah. that has many, many towns in it. And so we're trying to help everybody everywhere 
to make this a better place. And, and, and I think that I think we're doing that, but I still think we have plenty of work to do. And you mentioned the Saluda River, some ideas for there. That's one way. I know Greenville, it, Greenville just built a big, or just announced a big thing on the Saluda River. Yeah, but what, what, what we would love to have is to work with Pickens and get a trail that goes all the way from Pickens all the way down to Lake Greenwood. And they can pick it up and carry it on down and take it all the way to Columbia. And there's no reason not to do something like that. And really, we've had Matt Shell's been a pioneer in getting the Matt kayak Shell's, things going. Matt Shell's been a pioneer on the Saluda Blue Trail, which means it's on the water. Uh, he is the pioneer. He's, he's been uh, pushing it for years and still Lu- and made a lot of progress. Yep, he's Lewis and Clark on that. <laughs> and so, so he's working on that and... Hopefully some of the developers that are now looking at the old mill sites along that property are going to turn those into some very nice housing units. And, and some of the developers that have purchased, especially in the Piedmont area, they have very deep pockets and they have a history of success. So we're expecting great things there. Piedmont could become uh, one of our coolest places to be. This will be a crucial month ahead working on the preliminary budget. Yes. What are some of the biggest challenges facing the budget? I've already talked to council a little bit about this. Well, we're going to be taking over the TTI facility. That's going to be a challenge. Uh, money for roads is always a challenge. Uh, as you know, we're now self-insured in our uh, health How's insurance. That, how are people responding to that? I was going to ask so far, and we're early in, it has been absolutely wonderful. Now, we have a, a little nick here and a little nick there, but it's we're learning and we're growing. But uh, it's novel. It's innovative. Uh, we've already been asked to attend a uh, seminar in Chicago about what we're doing. Well, I'm hoping by the time that conference comes up, we're saying it's going really good. So we've got that going on. So in essence, we're our own insurance company. So there's so much going on. I can't even remember what, what all so is going the kid, on. So the, the, the idea was lower cost, better care. Has they seen the people seem to be experiencing that so far? So we're going with direct primary care where we pay a flat rate to a physician and you can go there as many times as you want and uh, you walk in the door and they don't take insurance. It's a maintenance fee. And if you don't go, that's fine. And if you go two or three times a month, that's fine. You don't pull anything out of your pocket. But we were with Blue Cross or the state insurance plan, and that was going up 10, 10, 10% a year, and the benefits were decreasing. So we're trying this, and uh, I think we have all the safeguards, hopefully all the safeguards. People are experiencing a better level of care. One of the things we're doing is baseline physicals. So hopefully we can, you know, in the past, you got three or four kids, you go to the doctor, you're getting slammed. So hopefully that's going to work out where our people can go to the doctor. They get these baseline physicals. And we had one person, case in point, okay, went to one of the physicians and said, I feel bad. The doctor did some tests said, well, the reason you feel bad is because you're a raging diabetic. Changed that person's life overnight. Saved their life. Probably. Saved their life. But, I mean, you know. So we're getting things like that. Are we also having problems? Somebody says, well, I went up there, and they wouldn't take my insurance. That's true, but we fix that. As it comes up, we fix it. They're having a meeting in the other room right now working out more bugs on, on our insurance program. So hopefully it's going to work out well. So we have that. Considering it's only been going seven weeks, you feel like you feel pretty good about So far, I feel pretty good. The proof will be after we get six months and we get the actuals in. But the other way... We had no control over our health costs. And if everybody in Anderson County was perfectly healthy and everybody else in South Carolina was not healthy, 
we didn't enjoy any benefits of being well or having a wellness program. It was just like, well, you're in the pot. Everybody's going to pay more. So, Well, this is, not, this is looking a little ahead, and we'll talk more about this in, in April, but um, for the month of April, but it, we're like eight weeks or eight and a half weeks away from the farmer's market open. Made a lot of changes last year. What, what, what's sort of in the pipeline for the farmer's market? Well, this is what I want. And uh, I want the farmer's market to be in front of the new courthouse. And we can have the farmer's market at the farmer's market location on Tuesday, and we can have it on Thursday. But I want a street festival out there on Main Street on Saturdays. And am I encountering resistance? Yes. But... Why would anybody be against that? I, I have no I, Half the time, I don't know why people are against anything. I mean, nobody's, than, selling, any, than, nobody's than, selling anything on the new courthouse steps during... No, the, but I mean, you know... It seems to work. Marion Square in Charleston yeah. seems to work in downtown Greenville. Yeah, Greenville doesn't seem to have any problem with it. Seems to be one of the biggest things going in Columbia with their Soda City market. Greenwood. Greenwood. Theirs is going downtown. And I love ours, but if you're not from here and half the people in Anderson County aren't from here, if I tell you how to get there, you won't be able to get there. Right. So one day a week, let's have it out there. Put it out there. Let's have some music. Let's have some entertainment. If somebody wants to sell herbs or they want to sell soap, let's do it out there. And say you run it from 9 to 1. Well, I'm pretty sure those people might want to stay around downtown <clears throat> and get in something else. And with the number of people that are moving downtown, I bet they'd love to walk out and go to a market where you get fresh food. But I think we're going to get there this year. A little experiment we did last year with the block party where we had three or four farmers showing up over there, and they did wonderfully well. Why not try it out there? So that's right now, that's, we hope, that's in the hopeful pipeline. Huh? Well, it's more than hopeful. I've got to <clears throat> think the city will close off this part of the street, this little part right here. Not going to kill anybody. No. Nope. Not kill anybody, but you could have this whole thing full of stuff. And when we do that project back there behind the old courthouse and you put a plaza back there, why not have, you know, make this one big, wonderful area? So in your head, you're looking five and ten years down the road on some of this stuff. Yeah. But right now, we're talking about a better farm, a farmer's market. It, it, there was a huge improvement last year, changing yes. the regulations and allowing yes. people, everybody in the county who grows something on that, not have to jump through too many hoops. To yeah. And, and, I mean, you know, when the old restrictions, it had to be grown in Anderson County. That's a wonderful thing, Okay. Last time I checked, we didn't grow shrimp in Anderson County, you know? And then it just opened up so many other products that people could bring in. Well, also, other counties had that 75-mile or 100-mile radius, which is still local. It's local, but it does open up a little bit more, and you right. get more people in. But and we saw a lot of growth last year, though. Yes, I mean, we, we saw a lot of growth, and I want to see more growth. And, uh, and I want to see it downtown, and, I, and, and it needs to be downtown. Is there anything else coming up? Um, you can think about maybe Greg, there are 18,000 things to think about but I had a council meeting last night and then after that I was on the phone till 10 o'clock and I was here at 7 I don't know anything about anything right now right. but things are looking good I mean there's there's, things nothing, are looking there's no good. dark clouds anywhere I on the horizon I don't see any dark clouds on the horizon I'm sure we're going to have some hiccups here and there but overall everything's moving in a good direction they should be I mean the core is not going to drain Lake Hartwell anymore so we've got that going if they do know who would know <laughs> the dam's fixed you know down at Broadway Lake you know things are good right now and i guess the numbers will be out in the next day or two we've been hovering right at 3% unemployment so so we'll see what we'll see how that comes up 
those are tricky numbers, your 3%. And uh, <clears throat> one of the things that's screwy with those numbers in the past, people are having to work two or three jobs. Well, that's decreased somewhat. So, you know, maybe they're just working one job. So, so and, and we continue to, to grow with the, the websites getting better and better refined, yep. and the TV station's growing, and the YouTube channel's growing, so if people want to find out what's going on in the county, those are the best places. Go to Charter, Channel 193, go to YouTube, go to Roku, go to any of those things, get your phone. We have a backlog of beautiful, absolutely fascinating YouTube videos. People tell me every day, well, I was on. I was looking at YouTube, and I saw Amos Wells the other day. And when did we do that? We did that some time ago, but they just stumbled across that interview with Amos Wells. So Not just news and information, but friends and neighbors are seeing Friends lot. and neighbors. This is Anderson County. If you're born and raised here, you probably know some of these people. If not, this is a chance to meet Anderson County. As we mentioned, the new census that will be coming out next year is going to show phenomenal growth here in the county. And... A lot of people are moving here from other areas, and I just wanted to say uh, we really are grateful to have folks in our community coming in from other places. If you talk to many of the charitable organizations, uh, the places that depend on volunteers, such as Meals on Wheels, they will tell you that the predominant number of uh, volunteers are coming from people who are retiring here or moving here from other places, so we really welcome folks like that in our community. One thing I didn't discuss with Rusty was the continuing growth of the arts community in Anderson. Uh, last time... On the podcast, I talked to Noah Taylor from the Market Theater, which has just finished a run of Our Town. If you missed that, that was, was an excellent play. And this week, I talked to Will Ragland, the founder and director of the Milltown Players, which has really taken off. They've gotten a lot of recognition really all over the country about uh, the plays they're doing and the quality of work they're doing. The theater's great. And we talked not only about the current run of the Susical Junior, which is going on again this weekend, great show for kids, but plans for the upcoming season um, that the Milltown players announced at the end of last week. There it is. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the new season coming up and how how those sure. why you why you, why did you pick those particular? Let's just talk about what they were first. Kind of run through them real quick, Will. Okay, for, so for season six, which begins in, uh, this fall, uh, 2019, runs through 2020. Next year, our first show is a musical called Bright Star. It is a brand new musical. It has never been performed before in the state. This is the state premiere. It's going to open on September the 20th. It was written by Steve Martin. Wow. And Edie, that's right, and Edie Brickell. You know, Steve Martin is an accomplished uh, banjo player. Oh, absolutely. And Edie Brickell is Paul Simon's wife, so. There you go. And they collaborated on this musical, which is a beautiful, has beautiful music and a very interesting story. Uh, it's based on a real event. And it is set in the 1920s and the 1940s in western North Carolina, in and around Asheville. Wow. And uh, it will have onstage musicians and dancers and uh, all local performers. I got to see this show. I drove up to uh, Barter Theater in Abingdon, Virginia for the Southeastern premiere. I'd never been to Barter before, and I just had to see this show after um, listening to the music, listening to the, to the soundtrack. And I watched and I thought, man, this is perfect for our theater. And so I uh, harassed the folks who own the rights. <laughs> and I emailed them frequently and often, <laughs> uh, 
And they finally uh, told me ahead of time when they were um, releasing the rights, and we were the first to get them. Oh, terrific. So I'm so excited about that. And Mary Nichols, who lives in Anderson and has worked at many theaters around uh, this area, is going to be directing it. And uh, my good friend Josh Morton will be the music director, and he's worked on many shows with us in the past. So I'm very excited about Bright Star. And now that season, the new, that se- I, the new season kicks off, just to remind people when Bright Star kicks off the new season. Mm-hmm. When the new that? season opens in September of this right. year. Right. That's when everything starts back, when we go back to school. At, uh, and uh, so September 20th is the first performance of that show and it's going to run for three weeks and um i think it's going to be a lot of fun you know a lot of a lot of theaters are going to, going to be doing bright star next year uh i believe clemson is doing it in wow. february of 2020 ah. also try on little theater and then charleston stage is doing it in april so, so I they can come to milltown players and see how it's supposed to be done and then they can figure out <laughs> that would be a great thing i love <laughs> that they're all welcome they are all welcome and then uh, following Bright Star, we're going to do a, um, a concert for Christmas. Our patrons love our themed concerts, and we've had some of our most attended ones during the Christmas holidays. And this one is called a Smoky Mountain Christmas. It's going to be a country music Christmas concert running December 6th through the 22nd. And it will be um, a similar production. If, if folks remember our Christmas in Dixie a couple of years ago, that was our most attended show. Uh, this will be a similar styled concert production, but it will feature some of your favorite Christmas songs and, and uh, country and also bluegrass versions of them. So it will be um, have a live band, some of the upstate's best singers, and it is going to be led by the same lady who, who uh, put together so many of our, our themed concerts. Her name is Kimberly Ferreira. She's a sought-after director, choreographer in the upstate, so we're excited to have her back for that. A Smoky Mountain Christmas. Okay. And then in 2020, we're starting off the year with a comedy based on a very famous movie, the show is called Moonlight and Magnolias, and it is the hilarious, almost true story of the making of Gone with the Wind. And it is set in 1939 in Hollywood in the legendary producer David O. Selznick's office, and he has shut down production of Gone with the Wind when he realizes the script is terrible and the director doesn't know what he's doing, and he's got five days to uh, fix everything. And so he calls in two of his director friends and they shut themselves in the office and write and act out the entire movie of Gone with the Wind while surviving on only bananas and peanuts and very little sleep. (laughs) Wow, that sounds good. And that's going to be directed by Noah Taylor, who is the executive artistic director of the Market Theater downtown Anderson. So we've got some great Anderson people working with us. Uh, he's a good buddy of mine, um, and we are we have collaborated recently, and he's uh, going to be perfect for that show. We're excited to have him with us for Moonlight and Magnolias. And then following that show, we've got our youth production. We've been um, starting this tradition by having one show a year devoted to young people. 
that we will offer school day matinee performances for. And this is uh, an American classic. It's Charlotte's Web. Oh, that's a good one. The, the beloved tale of true friendship running February 28th through March the 8th. And everyone knows this story of Charlotte's Web. It's one of the um, best American children's books of the past 200 years. And it will be directed by Katie Hostensgard, who is our production manager. And she is currently directing Susa Colt Jr., which opens this Friday. And the exciting thing about these shows is that we offer school day matinees to area schools at a discounted price. So students can see the show for only $5 with their schools and chaperones are free and so susical this year we're doing our matinees next week which line up with read across america and dr Seuss's birthday and all four of those school day matinees are completely sold out wow and we also expect um the same thing to happen with charlotte's web so as soon as teachers want to line up that field trip for february march of 2020 We'll be glad to help them out and uh, because we love bringing live theater to young people at a very affordable price. Uh, it's the cheapest ticket in town. You cannot see a full production for $5 anywhere else, and we're proud to do it. So following Charlotte's Web, we're doing another themed concert in April. We've been talking about this for a long time, and we are so excited to finally be able to do it. It's going to be a Southern rock show that we have called Simple Man. And we're going to be featuring hit songs from such bands as the Allman Brothers, Marshall Tucker Band, Charlie Daniels Band, even ZZ Top and Molly Hatchet, Blackfoot, and of course, Leonard Skinner, one of my favorite bands. And that is where we have taken the, uh, the title of the concert from one of their famous songs, Simple right. Man. Good to hear we Blackfoot thrown in there too. Blackfoot gets overlooked sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, I'm glad you recognize that. And then uh, Kimberly Ferrer and Josh Moore are going to be working on this show together again. They're the ones that brought us California Dream last year. So. Which, was, which was a terrific we, show, by the way. That really was a Oh, man, it was so much fun. And, you know, we've, we've focused on shows in the 1950s and 60s, but we really haven't gone into the 1970s. This is our first chance to do that with some music that... We all know and love, so it's going to be awesome. And that's going to run for four weeks. We think that's going to be a big old hit. April 3rd through 26th with no show on Easter. But uh, Simple Man is going to be awesome. Now, following Simple Man, we are offering a southern comedy. It is called The Red Velvet Cake War. This is a ridiculous, hilarious southern comedy written by um, one of the playwrights who brought us Dearly Departed, which we did last year as well. And it's about these three cousins, last name Verdine. Uh, their names are Gaynell, Peaches, and Jimmy Wybett. And they picked the worst time to throw their family reunion smack to have in the middle of the Texas tornado season. And things spin out of control, and it ends up with this high-stakes wager on who, who could bake the best red velvet cake. It's got lots of uh, hilarious characters in it, and uh, we think that our audiences will absolutely love this funny, funny Southern Fried comedy, Red Velvet Cake War. And I am excited to direct that one, and that's going to run May 22nd through June the 7th in 2020. It's going to be awesome. 
And then we're ending out our year with a big classic American summer musical, which we love to do. And this time it's going to be The Music Man. Oh, that is a big great one. American. That's right, the Great American Musical. It's going to run July 17th through August the 9th in 2020. And this um, this is such a popular show that, you know, when it came out, the soundtrack was the number one album in America in the late 50s, if you can imagine that. It was almost a, uh, a phenomenon similar to Hamilton for us today. Um, but it's about this uh, fast-talking salesman who comes to River City in Iowa, and he has this scheme of trying to get everyone to buy band instruments and uniforms, and he's going to take the cash and leave town. But he falls in love with the local librarian who turns him into an honest man. And it has lots of famous songs that we know and love, including 76 Trombones and Trouble and um, all sorts of great things. It has a barbershop quartet, big rousing marches and ballads, and um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's just a big a production all around, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. You have no idea. We, we're going to fit it all on that tiny stage we've got in Pelzer. But um, Reed Halverson is going to direct the show. My good friend Reed Halverson, he's done a lot with us in the past. He directed Bye Bye Birdie. He played uh, Atticus Finch in uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. And the musical director is going to be Leroy Kennedy, who teaches in uh, Anderson 5. And uh, Aaron Pennington is going to play Marcellus. He's been in a lot of shows with us. He's a, he's a big crowd favorite at Milltown. And I'm going to play Harold Hill, Professor Harold Hill. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. I've, I have played Harold Hill before at Greenville Little Theater. And I also played um, the villain, Charlie Cowell, in Music Man at the South Carolina Children's Theater long ago. So this is my third Music Man, first time performing Milltown Players. And I can't wait to to revive this classic. I think it's going to be a big hit with our audiences. So well, we've got... you got a huge variety uh, there. Why don't, just just briefly, variety. you don't have to give me a huge detail, but kind of explain to me how what's the process of how you choose shows, Will? That's a great question. We always want to offer some variety. In musicals, non-musicals, we like to offer something new. We like to offer something that's classic. We like to offer Southern comedies, one youth musical, at least one concert. And the board and I, we really sit down and think about and go back and forth over these shows um, extensively. We really want to offer something that we think that audiences will like and appreciate. You know, our mission is to offer affordable and quality entertainment. And we look at what has done well in the past, and we listen to our patrons we talk to them, we hear what they want to see, and we try to put together the best options we could possibly fathom. And um, that's that's sort of how we go about doing things. Is you started this now? We're in, this is the finishing the fifth season. Is that right? That's right. And when you started this thing five years ago, I think we sat down and talked when you were getting it started. Is this? Are you on track where you hoped you'd be? Are you doing better? Or is this where you hoped y'all would be at this point? You know, you just never know. It was a risk. It was um, something that I wanted to do, and that first season was was tough to get things off the ground. I mean, we didn't know how it was going to turn out. I'd always hoped for it. But to answer your question, yes, it is 
uh, progressed much quicker than I ever imagined. Um, I am actually working full-time now for Middletown players, and I did not expect that to happen so quickly. Uh, it has grown so much that I basically was working two full-time jobs last year, and I, I had to make the tough decision to leave teaching after 16 years and uh, work for Middletown players full-time. But the great thing is that I still get to work with my former students from Palmetto and Woodmont because they come work with us at Middletown. And as we try to grow our offerings for young people, um, I think that's the next step of what we'll be doing. The next part of our growth will be growing our offerings for young people, which I'm very excited about. Well, this season's not over. So you mentioned uh, Suzical Junior, which is, is going start is got kicking off. It was kicked off. It's, it's going, and uh, next Friday. Next Friday, and uh, yeah, well, this was our biggest season we've ever tried. I mean, there's so much going on. We're barely hanging on for dear life. <laughs> In March, we open a country rock review. It's a musical review called Pump Boys and Dinette. And that's going to open in late March. And following that is our annual Pelzer Gospel Homecoming for one weekend in May. And then we've got a great Southern comedy coming up in May and June. It's called The First Baptist of Ivy Gap. It's a poignant Southern comedy. I'm very excited about that one. And then we're doing another country-themed concert. It's called Classic Country. We're going to be featuring all those... um, old country tunes uh, not the current pop country you might hear on the radio but uh, what a lot of folks right here call real country music. <laughs> of and course then, you're reading my mind when you said that <laughs> <laughs> and then this summer I'm so excited to bring Annie Get Your Gun to our stage we are having auditions for that this Saturday at 10am at the Pelzer Auditorium open auditions for anyone who wants to be a part of Annie Get Your Gun we need all ages, um, and that's going to be our big summer classic American musical. That was actually the first show I was ever in in high school. This is uh, a special treat for me to remount this production. And then in August, we're doing our annual uh, concert of Broadway Cabaret, where some of your favorite performers sing some of their favorite Broadway tunes. So we're only barely halfway through this season even though we're talking about next year but right well i mean and we're only right now. we're only what 6 months from the opening of bright star almost <laughs> I, mean, so I know it it never ends and uh we're still packing the houses and bringing in new um audience members and we're just excited about growing our big milltown family I think people are still finding y'all. I know we've brought several friends over to shows, and they were just blown away. They didn't know anything like that was around here. And the uh, it, not only is it uh, do, do you get that reaction, but I, the, the the intimacy of, of a theater like that, where you're not so far back, you start losing because live live stuff you can lose pretty easy. Even in really big productions, if you're too far back, you can kind of lose that immediate. You're right. And the thing about the Pelzer Auditorium is that. It is almost 100 years old. It was opened in 1920 as Pelzer's uh, High School's Auditorium and and the venue for the town built by the mill. And you would not realize this, but we have 656 seats in there, including the balcony. But the way it's designed, like what you're saying, when you sit in there, you actually do feel close to the stage. You do. The even the, even the balcony out. is really um, right there on top of the action. 
I mean, the balcony has the best view, I, I would say. The seats are not as comfortable, but the view is better. So you you uh, sacrifice one thing to get the advantage. But um, you're right. There's an intimacy. And when you're on that stage as an actor, when the audience reacts, I, their, their laughter, their reaction, their vocal reactions fills that space. And so you feel like you're really part of the audience. There's a great connection there. And I've never really performed in a space like that before. And it's amazing to me to think that it's one of the uh, largest local auditoriums around. Yep. I mean, it's it's bigger than um, most of the places I've performed in in Greenville. And it's just hard to imagine because you're right, you do feel like you're in an intimate space. Well, I hope everybody will get out to see Susical and then kind of get their calendar out and plan for the year ahead. But you still got, like you said, you've still got half a season left and there's lots of good things going on. Best place to find out about you is the website? That's right. It's just MilltownPlayers.org. We also have a very active Facebook page as well. And anyone can call us, and we'll be glad to call you back and talk to you about what you need. It's just uh, 947-8000. Easy to remember. Well, I know I'll be seeing you over there, Will. I appreciate you calling, and hope everybody gets out. Let's let's go ahead and get out, get the kids out to see Susical Jr., and then follow the rest of the season. That's right. Thank you so much, Greg. I right. appreciate you. With the Milltown Players, uh, the Market Theater, uh, Electric City Playhouse, Plus Productions, as he mentioned, uh, has mentioned before at Anderson University, Shakespeare in the Park that comes up here not in not too many months. The Anderson Theater scene is really growing and getting better and better every year. Uh, you won't find anything more professional at the Peace Center or even at Spoleto and stuff than you'll find right here at some of our places. So you can visit any of those folks' websites or their Facebook page for more information. And, of course, you can continue to watch for theater reviews and coverage in the Anderson Observer's art section. The Anderson County Museum also continues to gain a reputation as one of the best museums in the state and really one of the best uh, for a city our size in the whole country. And earlier this month, they opened Whitner's Mercantile, which is a unique uh, gift shop that has unusual and unique gifts that represent Anderson and the history of Anderson and even the state of South Carolina. They're getting more and more Anderson-specific things as the days go by. And the Mercantile also features books by local authors and items for sale for just every age, everything from dinosaur stuff for kids to to really nice uh, high-end jewelry and, and, and uh, decoration kind of things. You can check it out. Uh, it's pretty interesting. It's at the museum. You can see some some of the information about it on their website, and also there's a story coming out in the Anderson Observer about it. And next week I'll be talking to Anderson County Museum Director Beverly Childs about the upcoming events at the museum in March. If it ever stops raining, uh, again, the rising temperatures will bring more and more people out walking and one of the most popular walking tracks in Anderson now is along the East-West Parkway. If you haven't noticed the new park, it's roughly halfway between Main Street and South Carolina 81 North. It's finally open. There's picnic tables, parking spaces. A lot of people are using it. I've seen a lot of people out there. And Anderson County Councilman Craig Wooten, whose district includes the area which compromises the parkway and the park, talked to me about the new park and possible plans for the future in Phase 2. Talk a little bit about the the Phase 1 of the East-West Parkway Park has been completed. Tell people what that is. Well, on the East-West Connector, about midways, is a small park that has parking and it has a a winding trail down to to the the main parkway. It's it's been something that I've been hopeful that have finished a long time ago. We had some holdups. 
um, not just weather, but um, working with contractors to finish it. But it's finally finished. And um, it, one of the things I'm excited about is it allow folks to park on the connector and be able to run and walk. Um, up until this point, you've probably seen where a lot of people will pull in the fields or pull off to the sides or, or sometimes they park at Ingalls and have to cross the street. So it allows people to park there and be able to easily access the east-west connector. And hopefully with the extensions that are coming to the east-west connector, it allow them to, to run, walk, and bike ride to um, different parts of the county. Um, but that's just phase one. So the good part is we have the um, the the parking places there we have the walkway there but phase two is not been totally decided yet one of the um, one of the concepts people are thinking about is a bathroom on the connector and it's one of those things that you know if you're you've taken the time to to park and go out and uh, run walk or or ride your bike and you need to use the restroom you know it, it's convenient and it would be right there and you wouldn't have to go back home so there's money to be allocated to the phase two it may not just be a bathroom it could be other amenities as well like picnic tables or sitting areas but that's what we're going to work on um, next but at a minimum we wanted to make sure that the concrete was in place so that come this spring that everyone could access it easily and have more um, accessible parking if you haven't been out there it is a nice place to park uh, and again there are picnic tables are going to like you said in phase two the plan is when to get everything done to uh have a bathroom there and a lot of people have asked for that back and forth but see a lot of people walking their dogs a lot of people with their kids out there it's a nice uh, walk and uh it's, as rusty burns mentioned eventually that uh, will be part of the trail that connects the hospital walking track at on south carolina 81 north all the way over to the anderson county civic center and that's going to be a great thing for the town and for all of us who like to get out and walk, run, whatever you like to do outdoors or get out with the kids, it's, it's a great place to do it. The lighting down through there on the parkway really looks nice. They've done a good job there. They maintain it well. So if you haven't uh, had a chance to walk there, uh, plan the next day that it stops raining to, to, to park and walk down to a place to eat, maybe down on, on Clemson Boulevard. Well, that's about it for the Anderson Observer Podcast. News from people you trust for the week of February 21st, 2019. Next week, I will be talking to the organizers of the upcoming Saluda River Rally um, and also talk to the folks uh, about the uh, upcoming Meals on Wheels Electric City Mardi Gras, which is going to be here in a couple of weeks. I'll also be talking to the sponsors of the Walk with the Docks and have that update from the Anderson County Library and the Anderson County Museum with Beverly Childs. That and a lot more right here on the Anderson Observer Podcast. News from people you trust. And as always, the Anderson Observer Podcast is brought to you by Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill, celebrating 20 years. Had a fantastic celebration at the restaurant uh, a week ago Sunday night. People were there and really enjoyed and uh, Bill honored his employees, former and present. And Bill and Sabra Nickus came to this town and took a chance on downtown when Really, nobody else was willing to do it. It was dead downtown, and they turned it into... They helped really kick off the renaissance of downtown, and they also built one of the what has been considered and, and listed on uh, Open Table and a couple of other things, one of the top 100 restaurants in the United States right here in Anderson, South Carolina. It's one of the few restaurants we have that people will drive from Greenville and Atlanta, and as he, he has said in other interviews, uh, people from all over the world have seen stories in the Wall Street Journal and culinary magazines and made a point of coming to Anderson to visit Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill. So you can check them out on Facebook or on their webpage. Or if you're planning a special event or have a corporate event, family reunion, wedding, anything you want to uh, to plan with special food, uh, talk to Sullivan'sCaters.com or go to the Sullivan Caters Facebook page. Sullivan Caters offers 
white tablecloth uh, quality catering at barbecue prices and they cook all the food on site they have they're beautifully uh they set up if you haven't been out there and if you haven't talked to anybody that's done it their prices really are in many cases lower than some of the local meat and three and other things people have that aren't serving fine dining on white tablecloths so that's sullivan's metropolitan grill and sullivan's caters we appreciate them and their sponsorship of the anderson observer podcast we are still news from people you trust hope you join us again next week but until then Get out and do something to make Anderson a better place.